0: been listening to the DFS on deck podcast brought to you by line star hit subscribe tell a friend and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy baseball experts Joe Pisa and Chris Mini. hey yo what's up everybody it's me Joey P Joe Pisa and welcome to line stars on deck your DFS major league baseball podcast with me Joe Pisa and that guy Chris Mini. Here we are, day two of the Major League Baseball season officially, and after opening day, we hope you had your fill of hot dogs and nachos and beer and helmet Sundays and everything else, because uh, it's a pretty good day here on the initial podcast. Uh, we nailed some stuff, meaning I'm feeling we got out of the gate pretty, pretty strong, I believe. Pretty, pretty strong. Pretty, yes. Pretty good.
1: Yeah, it was it was great. Yeah, so thanks for all the feedback for the listeners. It's gonna be a fun ride this year for sure. Yeah. Opening day in the books, eight games late today. And yeah, you're right, Joe. Like some of the games you talked about, the Dodgers and Ryu, the Padres at home. Yeah, they didn't score a lot of runs, but those are those are games that we we gave out and the Rockies on the road, sometimes an underrated stack. Nobody really wants to go to Colorado on the road. And then we were all over the the over total for the Cubs and the Rangers. There were some runs scored. I was nervous about that game because I had the over at 9.5 and, and it was zero zero in the fourth. Like, what's going on here? Like, let's get some runs. And then the Cubs explode.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's what you wanted there. And I'll tell you what, too. You talked about uh, Ryu. Our two pitchers yesterday that were not the top-of-the-board guys that if you're going cash games with Scherzer and DeGrom, which, by the way, yeah. If you paid for Scherzer and Degrom, I think you got your money's worth there with those two guys. Okay. Uh, but uh, and Nola was another one too. Quality start from him, not quite as good as the other two guys. But that was the thing when you had all those aces out there, you had to have the above ace level pitching. So you had to go Scherzer or Degrom. You had to go those top of the board guys. And if you weren't, and you were going to get some offense in there somehow, then you needed to go with two guys, and Barrios and Ryu were our two guys. And wouldn't you know it? Uh, a really nice day, and a nice day for Luis Castillo, too. Another yes. guy, too, who I've written about a ton in the offseason. Uh, he was one of the breakouts last year that I had, and I got Cole right, I got Nola right, I got Ty on right. Castillo, I, I it's an incomplete last year. He was bad in the first half, better in the second half for sure. But yesterday, starting to look like the guy, and if he is, that Reds team all of a sudden, I think, is going to make some noise in the Central this year.
1: Oh, they're gonna be competitive for sure. I mean they've improved their squad, right? I mean, not only that, they bring in we can we'll talk about Gray and Rourke and Wood when the time comes, but these guys are upgrades from what they had inside their rotation and Castillo, you mentioned as well. So plus you bring in Puig. The offense is is a lot better as well. So that that's a team that I'm intrigued. That central is it's gonna be um that's a that's a good division. It's it's gonna be a battle there all year all all year long for sure. Uh and again, Cleveland's not on the slate. It's an eight game slate today, but I think that's a team Joe that we're going to pick on this year. Well, I you know, mean, it's fun. No disrespect. He, Burris was awesome in that start. Was. But it's a watered down lineup from <clears> last
0: year. And that's something to, on the flip side of that too, Chris, to think about when you are trying to feel those pitchers in DFS lineups too, because you have to realize there the, that, that, offense or lack thereof at times is going to put those guys behind the eight ball a little bit, put a little pressure on those pitchers. So I mean, you know, Bauer, Carrasco, Kluber, all these guys, you know, Bieber, they're, they're going to be fine. It's all, yeah. They're all going to be fine. They're still going to win that division, I think. But there's going to be a lot of games where I think they lose 3-2 or like 2-0 like yesterday. When they lose, it's going to be like that. And I think when they win, it's going to be close too. So it's <laughs> – they need to do something about that offense. Lindor coming back is going to help. But at definitely least for this help. first month of April, it's definitely something I think in terms of opposite. When you're picking on people on the opposite thing. Yeah. There you go. There's your contrarian thought Absolutely. right now. We, we have this notion in our head, Chris, that Cleveland is a juggernaut team because they're in the playoffs every year and they have this monsters pitching. That offense is bad. Encarnacion's not there. Brantley's gone. Brantley's gone. You're still waiting for. You see what you got out of Hanley and Cargo as this, you know, April yeah. trolls along here when he gets called. They're up wild
1: in- cards for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, they're still in it. It's fine. But uh, also, and I mean, really. For opening day, you had uh, Bryce Harper's uh, Philly Fanatic cleats. You like those, you? Yeah. Oh,
1: I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah, he's, you know, he's trying to win over the crowd and it's it was a good vibe. It wasn't a great day at the plate for him, but man, the Phillies are going to score some runs.
0: No, there. but he kind of gets the whole Philly thing. Yeah, he comes yeah, out there he he's pumping his fist. It's I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's definitely made for that town. I lived there for 6 years. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's got to produce eventually. But in the meantime, as long as he keeps doing that kind of stuff, they're going to love him forever. So it's, or at least, you know, <laughs> 220. And then, then it's going to, then you suck and you're the worst. And the Listen,
1: last. I mean, he wasn't, they didn't boom when he was striking out. I, I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, it's Stanton's opening day or close to it. I mean, he had, a, I think, a four or 5K game and they're giving him the Oh, biz- yeah.
0: Oh, New York. York's totally different. Yeah. New York, it's all about you produce. Yes. <clears throat> Philly, they like the fist pumping. Yeah. You know, they really, they like it. it's, And it's not a bad thing. It's just different. You, you yeah. got to produce there too, but the leash is a little bit longer as long as you're entertaining. Exactly. You know, because they, you know, Bryce Harper's the kind of guy that's going to pick a fight. And that's, yeah, that, that goes along with, <laughs> with everything there. Uh, great end to the Milwaukee game too yesterday with that Lorenzo Cain. Oh, catch. that
1: was awesome.
0: Brilliant, brilliant catch there at the end of the game. We saw uh, the Dodgers just never stopped hitting home runs. I wish we had talked more Dodger offense. We talked about Ryu. We talked about him going up against Granky, and we thought that that was a W because they, the Diamondbacks would have trouble scoring runs. But I did not think that the Dodgers would score that many <laughs> runs off Granky. I thought it was going to be like a nice 4-2 kind of victory. But my goodness, uh, they kind of opened a can of whoop-ass yesterday, those Dodger bats.
1: Man, did they ever. What, Bellinger went yard, Corey Seager, welcome back. He went yard, Muncie went
0: yard. It's hard to find somebody who didn't. Twice. I think that's, yeah, it's easier <laughs> Peterson to – twice. Yeah, You're let's right. listen yeah. to the guys that didn't go yard yesterday. I think that might be slightly easier. Justin uh, Turner,
1: that's it, 0 for 5. Everybody else <laughs> – Justin Turner, yeah.
0: our eyes are on you today, all right? Yes. You know, it doesn't get easier for him to with Robbie Ray. So, let's get at it. So, that was yesterday, opening day. Obviously – You kind of – you always take opening day with a grain of salt, but there was a lot of positive things there. The Bumgarner performance was positive as well. It was. It was. You know, you just mentioned Corey Seager, Bumgarner. There's a lot of guys yesterday that were kind of controversial guys in some senses that some people were just off of in season-long leagues. And I said, well, if you're off of in season-long and I can't convince you to buy in, then start to pay attention to him in daily. And one of our value picks yesterday too, Will Myers had a good day at the plate also. Aaron Judge, another guy, We just said this is a lineup builder offensively. That Yankees lineup is going to score runs against Baltimore. Obviously, on the weekend, we're going to go back to that well and go back to it hard. But uh, check out the weekend show, too, that's going to come out on Saturday. We're going to do a weekend preview that's going to take you through Saturday and Sunday, just kind of our overall look at the games and the slates and how we want to approach them. But let's get to today and Friday's slate here because that's what today's all about. And looking at it, not quite the same pitching that was on the board yesterday because uh, yesterday was, I mean, yeah. I mean you had, this was like the, I think the third time they said two Cy Youngs or oh, guys that finished second and first overall matched up on opening day in the last 30 years or something. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, I, that was, that was terrific. So, and that was not mentioning Snell and Verlander, uh, Snell and Verlander as well. So there's like two sets of those guys, one in each league because of Scherzer and DeGrom. So some incredible stuff yesterday. Today's, Still good, not quite as great, but there's a lot out there. So, obviously, at the top of the board, everywhere is going to be Garrett Cole, who deserves a lot of attention. Uh, The trouble with Garrett Cole is, especially on the FanDuel side today, trying to field the kind of offense that you want. Uh, I I just don't like it. And considering there's some other big strikeout pitchers on the board today, like Robbie Ray, like Flaherty, like Marquez, those are three guys that you take the discount on from, from my taste. And you take every savings you can and filter it into the offense. So I'm going to hard pass on Garrett Cole today. How about you uh, there, uh, Mister Meanie? Yeah, I think
1: that's a good call. And again, we talked about this yesterday. As some of these pitchers maybe not stretched out fully, so it's it's tough at this point of the season to spend that, you know, eleven two on DraftKings for Garrett Cole, eleven three on Fanduel. It is really tough. So I mean, you mentioned Marquez. I, I have some interest in him for sure as well. I mean, you look at last year, ten point five six. K per nine, the ERA was sub four, and that's, you know, but also his Colorado. road
0: ERA was, was definitely better. Exactly. Freeland was good everywhere last year, but Marquez did struggle with the ERA in Colorado, which pitchers are one of to do. But on the road, much different story.
1: Yeah, I mean, a 2.95 ERA on the road and a good sample size, 106 innings for him. And you saw Miami yesterday, Freeland had had his way, right? He, he didn't give up a lot of contact. He didn't give up anything. And Miami's going to be the same sort of team this year as they were last year. Dead last in runs scored, dead last in home runs. It's a great environment, so I have some interest in Marquez, and I'm going to go back, actually, to the Dodgers and Stripling. You know, you mentioned yesterday about Arizona, just, you know, all the bats that they've – we talked about Cleveland, some of the guys that have that are gone from their team from last year. It's the same thing in Arizona, right? I mean, A.J. Pollock, top of the order, is no longer there. Paul Goldschmidt no longer there. The team that struck out the fifth most in baseball last year, and they struggled yesterday. So I'm going to go back to, back to the Dodgers. Those are two expensive – Expensive pitchers. And you can go maybe down Lucchesi. Lucchesi against San Fran, right? I mean, this is another watered down baseball lineup and it's not going to be able to score a lot of runs. So, uh, going up against Holland, I think that's a really good matchup for him. So, I think you'll be able to save yourself a little bit of cash there. And it's somebody who can flirt with, you know, seven or eight strikeouts if he can go six or seven innings for you.
0: Now, looking at cash games for me, like I'm saying, in terms of pairing these guys together. I I would definitely – we need some strikeouts today. There's some strikeout pitchers on the board. Even Evaldi is a strikeout pitcher. And then you got – there's a big drop-off after that with the slate. So, for me, uh, on the DraftKings side, it's Marquez and Flaherty. That's my pairing. And, you know, both those guys for around 9K, that's going to get you in a good spot there where you spend about 18 – you know, when you're under 20 with the two big pitchers and you believe in the matchup and believe in the strikeout potential – That's a win as far as I'm concerned. We kind of did the same thing yesterday when we talked about Ryu and Barrios, and now we're doing the same thing here. So to me, I'm looking at it, and those are the guys I'm locking in. And it allows me to go after the stack that I want. And the stack that I want today is Colorado against Miami. And I want them, and they're out of Colorado, which is the unpopular Colorado stack. Everyone always wants them when they're in Colorado, but they're too damn expensive when they're in Colorado most of the time. This is a matchup here where, yeah, I know the ballpark isn't great, but Trevor Story getting hit last time I I checked anywhere. You got a good righty-lefty matchup here for Daniel Murphy. Uh, Nolan Arenado, I know he's not quite the same player outside of Coors, but still a very good one. And this matchup against Richards, to me, this is a no-brainer. So I actually want all kinds of Colorado in my lineup today. That's my favorite uh, stack in terms of offense to go for. How about you, uh, Meanie? Who are you looking at?
1: Um, I'm looking at Colorado as well. Of course, it's a good call by you. And then I'm also looking at Oakland, uh, the athletics, uh, you know, with Matt Harvey on the Hill, Yes. Here, uh, you know, he's not fully stretched out yet. And in the small sample size that we saw from the spring, he just wasn't good. I mean, his fastball had some life on it. That was fine. He's touching 95, 96, but you just look at, you know, some of his numbers in, in spring. I mean, he got hit, and he got hit hard, uh, and he gave up a lot of bombs. So five home runs, four home runs rather, he gave up, and and just struggled with contact. And he goes, look at just last year, some of his numbers: twenty-seven home runs, um, a hard hit rate that was near forty percent. So giving up a lot of bombs, and they're getting out in a hurry. So I'm gonna, you know, look at Oakland, and I look at you know their lineup. Chris Davis just he gets disrespected, you know, oh, draft day, and 100%. and he gets disrespected. I think in, in the DFS community too. So he's hitting in the cleanup spot. You got Chapman two, Piscotti probably three. Uh, Profar is you know a little bit later on down the lineup, but he had a decent day yesterday as well at six. So I, I'm looking at Oakland as again maybe an underrated stack because they play in such a spacious ballpark. But uh, I, I'm not liking Harvey. Uh, that's a guy I'm going to pick on a lot and early and often.
0: And I think you should. I mean, until he shows you otherwise, he, he's, he's not what he used to be. I mean, he's a shell of what he used to be, for God's sakes. It's amazing to see that kind of drop off in a pitcher. Uh, and maybe it's more magnified because of the fact it was New York. You know, he's pitching yeah. the all-star game and all that stuff a couple of years ago. It's not that long ago. <laughs> you, yeah. know, you know, what is that, like 2015? No, probably 2014? Yeah. Say, something like that, right? I mean, yeah. that's just not that long ago, and then here he is and just kind of hanging on, and it's it's madness. It's madness to consider that. But, you know, you you, you got to go where the money is, and right now the money is in going against Harvey. Uh, I'm with you on Chapman and, and Chris Davis, too. I definitely think that's the way to go. Um, are you concerned at all about Flaherty going against Milwaukee? I know that ballpark is always good. That that Milwaukee Brewer offense is very good. I'm not. I think Flaherty is good enough, but if, in case anybody out there is worried about throwing Flaherty against Milwaukee in that ballpark, I am not, are you? I'm just curious if there's a. No, no, Secondary no, argument against him today.
1: No, I'm not. I'm, I'm in on Flaherty just like you are. I think he's got, you know, electric stuff, right? 182 strikeouts and 151 innings last season. He's got a swinging strike percentage. Um, that's double digit, 13.4 last year. He's, he's primed for a breakout season. I think people will be maybe a little shy to, to play him. And I think he's a perfect tournament guy because he strikes out because you mentioned all the things that people are going to be worried about, right? It's in Milwaukee. It's a great hitting lineup. Uh, you saw Yelich go yard yesterday, and there's Mustakis as well. It is a great lineup, but also some guys that can swing and miss in Mustakis and some other guys in their lineup. So I think it's I think it's a nice tournament option, and somebody you will probably get you know with a low ownership.
0: Well, somebody who's red hot right now, who might have hit his quota for home runs for the year already <laughs> yesterday, is Colton Wong. Speaking of that same game yesterday for the Cardinals, how about Colton Wong going dong twice. Put up a 40 spot over on FanDuel. And I'll tell you what, we said yesterday, baseball is a game of streaks. Colton Wong is confident, seeing the ball well right now. This is probably not going to happen <laughs> most of the year. So take it while the getting's good. He's just $2,300. He's a lineup builder. For me, it's going to help you go up, especially on the FanDuel side to some of the bigger pitchers. So I'm going to roll with the hot hand at second base because looking at the second base slate, Look, you know, you got Altuve and Moustakis, but outside of that, it's kind of underwhelming. So, why not ride the hot hand, go back to the well with Colton Wong? That's what I want to do today. Am I crazy? Or no. uh, am I just drunk on opening day, Chris? What's happening to me?
1: <laughs> you know, maybe a little drunk on opening day. No, I like it. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, if he...
0: loving him is wrong, I don't <laughs> want to be right. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. That's... I hate myself I just said that. I no,
1: swear. that that's what I'm here for, lines like that. I I'm... know.
0: You like the dad jokes. That's why yeah. I like you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, you got to go back to these guys for sure um, that, that have had success early and they've been, they've been hot in spring and it's carried over. So for Wong, absolutely. I mean, it's a nice Cardinals lineup, right? It I is. mean, when they get going, well, yeah.
0: It really changes the dynamic. Having yeah. somebody – this is what I used to say back in the day about the Mets lineup when they had Carlos Delgado in it. It, it changes the whole dynamic of that lineup. When you have a true middle-of-the-order bat, it's kind of what Cleveland's experiencing now that Encarnacion is going to be out of it. And it's what the Red Sox experienced a couple years ago with David Ortiz out of it. When you have that guy in the middle, everything changes. And I think that's why the Padres are going to experience something different this year with Machado in the middle of that order. So, for me, looking at that, that presence alone of Goldschmidt just filters down to everybody else. It's a positive. I, and I know Guang's not, you know, <laughs> he's not winning an MVP, okay? Sure. I understand that. Believe me, I do. But if he's going to help you, especially when he's so underpriced on the FanDuel side, not not as not he's not as underpriced on the DraftKings side. But it's 32. still
1: thirty six. Yeah, I mean that's still decent. That's respectable. It's decent. Yeah. It's
0: decent but it's yeah. not it's not the it's not the discount you would assume when he's a Colton Wong. <laughs> I mean, just me personally, I think they're kind of taking the ballpark factor into effect a little bit. Whereas on the FanDuel side, for twenty three hundred, are you kidding me? Especially and and I think this is a, a point to put out philosophically too. When you look at a position and you don't love the top of the board or the top of the board is very short at a position like second base that isn't particularly deep and you don't have a full slate of games. Well, why wouldn't you take a shot? And this is why I think you take calculated risks in those lineups, especially in tournaments. And long as a calculated risk. Baseball is a game of streaks. He's hot right now. Even if he goes over, at least by the cost, it didn't kill you.
1: Right. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at streaks, especially early on, like you mentioned, and yesterday you mentioned it as well. We're looking at splits and some guys who maybe hit lefties well and do better in their home parks. And, you know, I'm looking at staying with the second base position is is Gerald Jr. for the Jays is $3,700 on DraftKings. It was a small sample size, but last year he had 310 against lefties, 351 Woba. And some of the stats I'm looking at for pitchers that I want to pick on with Boyd, is somebody who had a forty nine point nine fly ball percentage last year as the fourth highest mark in baseball that resulted to twenty seven home runs as a top twenty mark. Uh, yesterday, not a lot of runs scored at the Rogers Center in, in that game. I mean, you no, it
0: was very disappointing. I was, I was proud Zimmer was of Jordan good. Zimmerman. Yeah, I and didn't. Zimmerman was good too. Well, here's the thing: I didn't expect Zimmerman to be taking a perfect game into the seventh. <laughs> no, nobody <laughs> yeah. did. I expected, I expected him to pitch well because he had pitched well in the spring and he seems yeah. healthy. But yes. I expected this to be kind of like a 5-4 kind of game by the time you came out of it in the sixth inning. You got a perfect game into <laughs> the seventh inning. And then there's Stroman matching him bitch for pitch. So so that's what we got wrong yesterday. And we will always hold ourselves accountable. For sure. Because I hate the shows that don't. I know we are patting ourselves all over the backs. We are almost bruised from it in the opening. <laughs> but yesterday we crapped the bed. But you know what? I'm going right back to that well today with Miguel Cabrera in that game against the lefty and Shoemaker because... Miguel Cabrera crushes left-handed pitching. Uh, I know he went 0 for 4 yesterday. Ownership will be down even further on him. Give me Miguel Cabrera across the board today as a utility or first baseman, whatever you want to do.
1: Yeah, and and much like Boyd with Shoemaker, it's it's the same sort of thing. It's it's somebody that gives up. You know, he can get some strikeouts, but he's got a 39.9. Fly ball percentage for his career, and he's been hit hard, and he's been given up. He's given up home runs. I mean, that's that hurt him in LA in a spacious ballpark. It's going to hurt him in, in Toronto at the Rogers Center. So those are two guys, and just sticking there. And I know you like Tioscar Hernandez, and Tioscar Hernandez is another guy who had success last year against lefties, nine home runs. So, um, and I wonder, sticking with the second base position, if anybody's going to go after Hernandez again, as as he had two home runs um, yesterday as well at the ballpark. So there's a couple second base options for you and and Hernandez nine homers against lefties as well for me the the one guy I'm interested in here and I know we mentioned Robbie Ray before we started Ray's got some strikeout potential but he also gets hit hard when he does 44% last year is year's top five mark Justin Turner's the only guy that didn't do anything <laughs> yeah I know he's the, the pretty- only guy oh, okay. yeah so I mean he was 0 for 5 yesterday but last year Joe 336 against lefties a 433 woba in 2017 he had a 484 woba against lefties wow. that was the second highest mark in all of baseball he had 380 against left-handed pitching so robbie ray as i mentioned he does have some success especially on the road he can strike some guys out but he's also somebody this to very on.
0: convincing right there amini
1: you'd be a little foolish not good. to sprinkle in some dodgers after seeing what they did yesterday.
0: <laughs> well there you go so is robbie ray the trap of today He he may be the trap.
1: Yeah. I mean, because you look at him and
0: you go, okay, well, Dodgers went off the, off charts yesterday. They did. It's going to be hard for them to do it two days in a row, but we talked about bad offenses and we talked about Arizona yesterday. And like, you know, even if he pitches well, you know, there's still that, that difficulty with them scoring runs. So I'm, I'm kind of with you there. I I would prefer Marquez and Flaherty to Robbie Ray. If I'm going to get, go Robbie Ray. I might as well just find a way to get Garrett Cole. Yeah, no, I would rather the <laughs> no, pitchers that's... we talked about.
1: Honestly, I'm I'm leaning more to the side of going back to the Dodgers bats. I know it may be chalky and contrarian, but see, uh, I
0: I don't but, see. I think it's way more contrarian than you know. Because of the success of, the uh, success they of had such a huge success, I mean, there'll and be some people who will, will double down on it, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But I think a lot less will double down on it because of Robbie Ray. I think the it feels like the 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 more common baseball wisdom is. Well, that's not going to happen two days in a row, right? And Robbie Ray is the kind of guy that could stop that, so I'm going to fade that altogether. I think that's one that people will stay away from. So, I think there's some potential there with that one. I I would say my feeling that's the that's the tournament uh, multiple lineups kind of a shot. That's where I'm going with that kind of stuff.
1: And my feeling is that Justin Turner's not going to go over 5 again today. That's, that's what it he, is. <laughs> I guy, think
0: that's a good feeling.
1: <laughs> this is a guy who hits lefties. And he's going to get to, like, Bounder and Muncie and, and Peterson. These guys may not go yard again, but Hernandez, again, success against lefties, $3,700 on DK. Um, but for me, Turner stands out as a guy I think could potentially bounce back.
0: All right. Now, you talked about the A's before, but you kind of left out one guy who I really was hoping you would mention, and that's Marcus Simeon, a guy who's got power guy who's got speed who I also think you should be putting in a lot of lineups today too. Another lineup saver. I mentioned Colton Wong at 23 at Marcus Simeon at 29 today. That's another guy that gives you I think a nice return on investment. You're you're looking at a guy who can give you a good multiplier in terms of value cuz he can bring different skill sets to it. We mentioned Matt Harvey and the fact that Oakland's at home and Oakland was a good team last year. Let's let's be frank. Yeah, they were. They really were. And I think that was really wise of them to bring in Kendris Morales. That night before opening day, I think that showed everybody in the organization, too, what they thought of this team and said, hey, look, we believe in you guys and we're not going to wait for Olsen to get healthy. We're going to make sure that we fortify this lineup. And I think that says a lot, personally. I think that's a boost to that team. And I think this is a big, big series for them out of the gate with all, you know, with Mike Trout and all the stuff, the Angels. And and I'll tell you what, the Angels, too, must be panicking without Andrew Heating news with that setback. So, yeah. That's one where I don't want to I don't want to ruin your Angels parade, meaning no, you're an Angels guy, but that's but yeah. They don't have the kind of organizational depth in pitching to make that sort of you know rebound from there.
1: No, they really need a guy like Haney and Skaggs to to be successful, and I mean it's almost that double digit pitchers now over the past four years who have needed Tommy John surgery inside that organization. Haney's one of them already who had it and dealt with the elbow issues at this time last year, but had the setback. And, you know, I look at the other side and I see Marco Estrada and it was Mike Fires yesterday. And I mentioned some numbers, some fly ball rates, gives up some bombs, but it is a pitching in a great ballpark. And you look at that angels lineup and really it's, it's not good. It it really isn't. I mean, Cole Calhoun can get on base. He got on base yesterday. You have trout or struggled. Simmons has struggled out of the get-go in spring training, and then after that, like Tommy it's like, weird because Stella, they
0: have the most dynamic players in baseball. Yeah, but the, he's not—he's just one guy, right? And they don't have the kind of lineup around him that can produce enough. Or that's the problem. It's just not that. Uh, no, you know, and dropped Mike Trout into the middle of an order like Houston, <laughs> or even Philadelphia. If you if you kind of swap them out, you know there there's guys like that where. It's it's difficult because you have the age of guys like Pujols, you have you have Bourne, and it's just it's not No a- It's
1: honey, no Upton in that lineup either, right? The, now.
0: the the lack of athleticism in that lineup right now sh- is gonna show.
1: Yeah, it is. So <laughs> I, I, I like Oakland as, you know, people who like to sprinkle some money. They're actually uh, home underdogs today. I don't get it. They're plus one oh four. So home underdogs, and I, maybe it has something to do with Estrada. I, I know Estrada, 55% fly ball rate last year was number one by far in baseball out of anybody who had 100 innings last season. So, But even still, like it's a spacious ballpark. It's not a great lineup in L.A., so I think you can get by as just maybe that's a cheap value. Maybe he's not going to get you a lot of strikeouts, but if you're looking for the cheapest pitcher to play on the board today, it's probably Estrada, in fact. He is the cheapest. He's $5,800 on DraftKings. So again, if you're just looking for that stars and scrubs, maybe just salary saver, Estrada's interesting from a standpoint where I think, because he's already pitched so far this season, he could maybe go a little bit deeper into the ball game and potentially. That wouldn't
0: surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, the other one for me that I wanted to point out was Derek Holland because that's a guy that pitched very well in the second half of last he year. Did, yeah, he was. He was my. He's my version of that today. Where if you want to go bottom of the board and pitching and you know change things up, your tournament play pitcher, I think Derek Holland's that guy for me. San Diego's a lineup that you're going to find some strikeouts in there because it's got some youth in it, um, some danger as well. But still, I, I think that Derek Holland's a guy that. Uh, he, he can get by with and he made a great point too about getting stretched out and Holland was pretty good in the spring too so things have kind of carried over there so that's what we're looking at let's get over to the lines so I'll uh, take a look here are there any upsets that jump off the board for you looking today in terms of uh, teams that are favored I mean I, the one to me already is I, I still look at the Cardinals being the team to beat tonight uh, I mean I look at that against Milwaukee I know Freddie Peralta's got some talent but I think they're grossly underestimating Jack Flaherty, and to me, I like the Cardinals to upset the Brewers today.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great call. Uh, I love, I just love Flaherty. I think he's, I honestly think he's going to flirt with Sia. That
0: guy this year yeah. that like we're Cole and last year. Yeah, I think that's him this year.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I like the Red Sox to bounce back. I know they're not, you know, he, they're not huge favorites. They're on the road. They got smashed yesterday. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll have a conversation someday about Chris Sale. I actually have some concerns about him, but it's still early. You on know, don't, I don't, don't
0: own one season long share of Me Sale. Neither.
1: Me neither. It's eleven <laughs> straight outings now. He hasn't gotten out of the fifth. I know they babied him a little bit last year with some some injuries, and they used him in a for the postseason in spots where he didn't know, need to go the distance, but. We'll talk about him, I th- I'm pretty sure, a little bit later on down the road. But um, I am interested in the Red Sox for sure to bounce back here on the road. And, um, yeah, Oakland, I guess, would be the only underdog as, as a team that's plus one honey, plus one honey, plus money. Yeah. Plus a honey, baby. Plus one honey, baby. Go. That's right, baby. Home. Home dogs? Yeah, give me those guys. <laughs> and again, Colorado, I'm going to go back to it. Sometimes, you know, I had a lot of people are a little weary of going with the public right now. 70% of the public on Colorado, but you already mentioned, you know, Marquez and some of the bats as well. So, it was slow, it was slow going for them at the start. Sweated it out, but once they get going, there's too many strong bats in that lineup to, you know, not have success against a guy like Trevor Richards, who does have a nice changeup, but that's where I'm going for, for a couple bets. And uh, yeah, I'm going to stay away from the Astros and, and Tampa. Yeah. There's
0: a fair I amount of games to stay away from today, but I'll, I'll tell you the other one I take a shot on and only because I think there's real opportunity to is Kikuchi's first start with Seattle today. I think that ballpark's going to be rocking. Uh, mm. We all know there's a heavy, heavy Asian influence out there. Uh, they're very excited when those players come over the you know big Ichiro fan base historically too they've had a lot of success with Japanese players there and his first start I think is going to be one of those packed ballpark very excitement kind of things sure. and if the Red Sox got off to an 0-2 start they would not shock me it really wouldn't Ivaldi is a, a good pitcher he had a magical moment in the playoffs last year uh, he had a good finish to the season but I, I look at this and the Red Sox are favored, but Seattle's at home. And I think there's a lot of energy in that ballpark. So I would take my other upset being Seattle uh, beating Boston and Boston starting the season off. zero and two. Don't worry. They'll probably still win a hundred games. <laughs> <laughs> probably.
1: Yeah. No doubt. I mean,
0: even if Chris sale goes, you know, isn't Chris sale, that might come down to 90 something, but yeah. still looking at it, I think there's an opportunity for you today if you want to wager. Uh, so that is Friday. Today's slate, the 29th of March. Uh, Chris Meany and I will have our weekend show out tomorrow morning on Saturday, so keep an eye out for that. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Chris Meaney at Joe PZPA17, and at Line Star App. Now, the best thing to do is you, you want to subscribe to the show. So wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it be iTunes, whether it be uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, doesn't matter, wherever you listen subscribe that way you know when these shows come out we're going to try our best to get these shows out in the late morning early afternoon that way there's plenty of time for folks to prepare and listen to the show before they start making out their lineups sometimes we'll be ahead of when lineups come out but that's not going to keep us away from targeting pitchers targeting offenses targeting stacks because it's a waste of time to go through number you know each second baseman each shortstop that's a waste of your time everybody's time and it's not going to help anybody So we're trying to give you the numbers you need to know, the quick things you want. We're trying to wrap it up in a half hour so you can go out there and feel armed and prepared to make good decisions in your DFS. And if that's not enough for you, then the LineStar app's got the rest because they got the lineup optimizers. They got all the tools. So make sure you go over to the LineStar app, download that to your phone. You listen to the show, you use the app, You take those things, you take all your baseball knowledge, you put it together, and it equates to winning. So that'll do it for me and Chris Meaney. We'll be back for the weekend show tomorrow. There's only one thing left to do, and that's step off the on-deck circle and swing for the fences, baby. We'll be back again soon. Have a great one, everybody. Listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarapp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizapia and Chris Meany.